This podcast is for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey who are ready to lead healthier and happier lives and improve their emotional well-being. I interview coaches, spiritual explorers, and thought leaders from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. Welcome back to Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm really excited about today's interview. And before we jump in, I want to thank you listeners for being here. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Today's guest is Jerry McCutis. She is a licensed Reiki master teacher with the International Center for Reiki Training, a yoga teacher and crystal practitioner, and I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. But first, let me tell you just a little bit more about Jerry. She has been enthralled by yoga ever since her first class in 2005 as a means for mental clarity from the stresses of life. The sense of peace the practice cultivated kept her coming back to the mat, and the physical benefits soon made themselves evident. Her yoga practice eventually led her to subtler practices such as Reiki and other methods of energy harmonizing, such as connecting with the beauty of crystals. She facilitates yoga and Reiki classes as well as meditations online. Jerry lives in Chicago with her two cats, Rosie and Milo, and dozens of plants and looks for the magic everywhere. Welcome to the podcast, Jerry. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I start off the interview with the with a question. What does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or professionally? Um, that's a great question. Um, I think for me right now, I'm 48. So I'm going through changes right now in my body and my energy. And um, so I'm definitely, I'm kind of, I'm really am in a big shift because I used to be really, because I, what I noticed now is uh, before I used to be very external. Like I was like researching things. I was studying things. Like I was exploring different worlds. I would just had all, I still have this curiosity, but it was just kind of like exploring different paths, like Reiki, other energy modalities I've explored over the years, yoga. And what I've really noticed now, it's like, it's probably, it might also be in combination with the pandemic is that I'm a little bit more internal. I'm still curious, but it's more of like, it's more internal. It's more of like a security in myself. It's a more um, just, it's just more internal. I hope that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I've, that one of the things that I love about that question is that everybody has a different take on what exploring the seasons of life means to them. And I love that you're talking about, you know, that you're in this place of, of like, could you almost say it internal introspection, maybe? Yes, yes. Yes, it's just that I'm more like I feel like that I have spent like my my thirties, my twenties, my thirties, my early forties, like exploring, like just going out and having adventures. And it's, 
I'm still having those adventures, but they feel more internal. Out of all that, it, those experiences, it's like an internal reflection. I have everything that I, it's just a realization that I have everything that I need. Well, thank you. I appreciate you talking about that. And what kind of popped into my mind as you said that was it's, it, it seems almost more intimate in the space that you're in right now. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear your journey into the world of yoga and how it initially helped you find mental clarity and peace in your life. Like what was going on in your life? Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I think about that time. I there's like my first yoga class was 2005. I remember it was December. I'm pretty sure it was December 7, 2005. I have it marked in my calendar. And but where I was then in my life, I was studying a combination of social work and um, child development master's degree I I think I had like this urge I there was like this calling within me that I wanted to help people that I wanted to connect with people help with people and I felt that social work was like the fastest way to do that and they talk about in social work self-care but they don't exactly tell you what it is (laughs) they just say just do self stuff just do self-care, just do self-care. And I mean, maybe they were telling me examples because I also believe that you hear what you're meant to hear at the time. And I may not have been hearing those examples or what have you. And, but I was extremely stressed out. I mean, remember I got to a point that there were things that were happening in my personal life, things with my family. I had a relationship that had ended. I had some friends that were like, had a friend that was really severely sick. I just remember that I did not have the coping abilities to deal with the stresses of life. I remember being in my my social work internship and I basically had a, I was not interacting very well within it. I was basically having a nervous breakdown. And mm-hmm. I, I had this like, there was this yoga studio by me and this is back in 2000, 2005, maybe 2006, 2005, anyway, but many, many, many years ago. And um, I just mean, like that time, because I was in grad school, money was really tight. So going to a yoga class seemed expensive. And, but I had this this coupon, like this this postcard that was like your first class was, was for free. And I just remember that the class completely transformed. Like it was just, it showed me this, the stillness within me that it was like, I was probably like a hundred pounds heavier. I couldn't do any of the poses. I just remember being like in the middle of the room and just looking at the, all these things that people could do with their bodies. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. You know, it would just hurt to do it. But I just remember just really being this, this, um, I, I cried afterwards. I just remember the teacher hugging me. Um, and But it was just um, really gave me the sense of using the body as a way of gaining mental clarity and then spiritual clarity. And so it was just really surprising for me in that way because it kind of like that, because I was studying social work, which is um, many social work social workers go on to be therapists or talk therapists and there was a lot of acknowledgement of the mind a lot of that but yoga was just really showing me like how the body relate to the mind so that was my introduction to um they really 
a really difficult time in my life, it gave me that sense of peace and clarity. So when you say you were 100 pounds heavier, do you mean emotionally, like it was felt like 100 pounds or <laughs> physically? Both, okay. <laughs> both um yeah because I like that's one of the things about yoga um I'm a stress eater and um like I like I remember that I would get two candy like this is really embarrassing to admit but I would get two candy bars one would be like a fruity candy bar and the other would be a like a something like no caramel or like more kind of like so like I would have to have both of them to balance each other out (laughs) or like a bag of potato chips and a candy bar so I mean it was just that was my way of balancing my taste buds but um when I once I started doing yoga on a regular basis I would go like once or twice a week and then I was finding free classes and what I started noticing was I wasn't looking for that um that high that candy gave me and it wasn't and I think at that point I had admitted okay I'm heavier so I'm gonna I'm finally going to buy clothes that are going to that aren't going to fit me but they looked exactly like my old clothes and um and like I had this I remember this one pair of brown corduroy pants <laughs> And I bought like because I really liked them back in back in the day, and I didn't realize I was mixing them up, and I couldn't understand why they were falling down on me because I was like I just bought these pants, and one of my friends and I was actually wearing my old pants from before, and I didn't know it, and that's when I realized that I was losing weight. Like it was kind of like because I was getting more in tune with my body and what um, is meant to be put inside of me. Yeah, I think, you know, when we start doing a practice like yoga or um, Pilates or any any kind of physical um, practice, that what we put inside our body is, is no longer as important to us. Yeah, yeah. And I was starting to notice like what sugar did to me and like that high and then the crash and burn. And I was getting that satisfied by physical movement. Yeah, absolutely. So as you're in this journey of, of yoga and you're finding this mental clarity in the peace in your life, can you just talk about how that led you to like Reiki, for example, and working with crystals? What was that What was that journey, that stepping um, stone for you? Yeah, um, I... I first learned about, I think I dated a guy that his dad did Reiki. And this was back in the early 2000s. Um, it was like one of those things in the back of my head, but it, he explained it to me, but it meant absolutely nothing to me. I Just a little bit of background about me even more was I used to be an engineer. And so I, I came from a very linear, logical thinking family. My dad was a math teacher, all my friends from college. Were, and that were in my life at that time, they were just very logical thinkers. But when I began my yoga journey, I eventually did my yoga teacher training and they talked about energy in the class. And I did it, I did it with a group of maybe about 30 people. And I just remember that it was early on in the training day that half the class was, they knew what my instructor was talking about. And I was in the other half of the class and I was like, I, <laughs> I have no idea what what he's talking about. And, but one of the things that my instructor said was you don't talk about energy with people who don't understand what it is. And I just remember being like, but you're talking to us about it. And I wouldn't 
I, I remember talking to him after class and it made, he kind of gave me what I think was a BS answer, just kind of like, you don't understand it, so I'm not going to talk to you about it. But he kind of said some things and I was just like, I knew there was something more. And after that class, everybody was talking about their experiences with energy. And there were people that were skeptical like me. And I just remember one person talking about a pendulum and putting the pendulum over the chakra and the pendulum moving for how open with the chakra. That was like my first um, hearing about this. And, and I remember there was another person that was saying that she thought she was getting a massage, but the person just held her feet for an hour and she didn't feel any different. So that kind of stuck in my head that it was like, okay, this is all over the place. But it wasn't until that end of my yoga teacher training, or maybe more like the mid, I started having experiences that I was with just like an awareness of how connected that we are, but we don't have to do things to make those things happen or um, those connections happen. Like I would think of someone and they would show up like two hours later or I would run into them in that way. Um, I started noticing like I would think things and people would say things to me that were based on what I was thinking. And it was just, it was a very... um, it was a very cool time, but it was also very ungrounding because I had no idea what was happening. And because I, it, because I, looking back, I really think it was like a psychic awakening, psychic um, opening, but I had no grounding. I had nobody to really walk me through the experience. I think a lot of it, what was happening was in my yoga teacher training um, during that year, I was doing a lot of yoga. (laughs) Like, so I was really getting to my physical body. I was doing a lot of meditation. I was cleaning up my diet. And so it was just a lot of opening and awareness, but just not grounding. So it was, it was exciting, but it was also scary at the same time. So I wanted it shut down. And, but it was also, it shut down for a period. And when I I wanted to explore it, but I wanted to explore it in a safe way. And Reiki just kept coming across my radar as, um, so this was back in 2009, 2010. I really think there has been an opening. And it might be because I'm a Reiki teacher now, but I really think there has been an expansion of people being open to these complementary, alternative, different ways of interacting with the world. But back then, I didn't know anybody who did Reiki. So it would just, I would Google, and then I would think about that woman that talked about the person holding her foot for an hour, and she thought she got scammed. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know if she got scammed, but it was just her perception. And so I wanted to study Reiki. I wanted to take get Reiki from someone that, that someone I knew could verify, and I didn't have that in my life. Eventually, someone was like, hey, wait, I'm studying acupuncture with with this guy that does Reiki. And he does a bunch of different modalities. I just remember my first session with with him. His name was JR. And I just remember, like, I was walking out and people were, like, coming up to me, smiling at me. And I was just like, I'm not smiling at them. Like, what, 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 what's happening here? That really made me realize even more that we're we're always in communication with each other. We just may not, it may not be words, may not be eye contact, but it's within what we carry in our energy field. So that really completely transformed my life. 
a lot of stuff came up at the time, but was coming up to be healed. And I remember one of my first sessions with him, he gave me a little note card that was Ho'oponopono, Hawaiian shamanism with four phases. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. And I love you. I just, he told me to say it to myself in the mirror um, when I wake up in the morning and also when these strong emotions are coming up. And just remember, just really transform my life. And so that was the summer of 2010. And how crystals came into my life was um, when I took Reiki level two, was that that's when my my first teacher taught um, distance sending with crystal. So we would use the crystal as a surrogate. So like we would hold the crystal in the hand and imagine the person inside of the crystal. And when I took Reiki level one, I did not feel the energy in my hands. Like I, I felt it as like, this is this energy that I'm supposed to be interacting with, but I didn't feel it as a healing modality I could use. And then when I took Reiki level two, combined with the symbols and the crystals, the crystals really amplified the feeling in my hands. So it was just this journey of exploring crystals. And so I, I worked them together a lot. Can can you explain maybe for our listeners who might not be familiar with Reiki how it's really impacted your life and your practice? Yeah, um, Reiki is um, so I, as I said, I've been doing Reiki since two thousand ten. It has it's like it's so many layers to it. And one of the things that I can really say about Reiki is that. It like it makes your life magical, it makes your life great, but it doesn't make your problems go away. But it gives you that um, internal security, internal grounding that um, that that you can navigate life storms. A little bit about me was um, so I I discovered so I, as I said I discovered Reiki in two thousand ten. Um, I. I'm, an, I'm a holy, an Usui, holy fire, and Karuna Reiki teacher and practitioner. And when I discovered holy fire, it was in 2016. Holy fire came about in 2014 in this plane with William Lee Rand, but I I didn't start studying it until 2016, 2017. And in that time period, my dad had died of a heart attack, and then my mom was diagnosed with cancer two months later. So my dad was a sudden death, and my mom was like a, a longer extended out death. And I really find it, um, I really think that I don't want to be like cliche and be like, oh, everything happens for a reason. And uh, because I, but, but, but I do think that um, there is a higher order to things. And I, through my life experiences, and because when my, I, when my, there were things that happened around my dad's death, my mom's illness and passing, that, that there are things that happen in the physical world that are very sad, can be very traumatic. It's just the physical experience. There's beauty in the physical experience, but there's also um, death ending. And um, what Reiki gave me was, yes, this 
horrible these sad things are happening but also gave me like a wider um awareness of of like this interconnectedness to our life that we really don't die when we die like we die physically but we there's a part of us that is eternal i think i probably would have still have sensed that but reiki gave my experiences with reiki gave me the confidence to understand what was happening on a larger scale. And because I really, because of the experiences with my parents, what I've seen with my my friends who have passed on, other family members, my my pets, my animals, that that there is, there is like when, when someone dies, there's like a portal, but there's also the people that are still behind a part of that, yeah, that experience. It can be very beautiful, but I really feel that Reiki gave me confidence to believe to trust what was happening was a beautiful, natural process of physical existence. Well, I just want to say I'm very sorry to hear about your your parents. Um, and when you talk about the the experience and and how Reiki kind of helped you through that, I um I think that a lot of people when they're going through experiences like that myself included we can we can forget that that is a natural part of life because of being caught up in that um, experience mm-hmm. so you integrate yoga and reiki and crystals how do you how do you do that into your daily routine I, I have play with that. I have play with that um, with because like because like there's a class that I teach and I have it with my personal practice as well. Um, it's restorative yin style yoga in which that um, it it if you're familiar with the yoga class, it's like a big shavasana. <laughs> it's like how I think of the class, and shavasana translates to corpse pose or the final resting pose where you rest. Like you just, so it's like you rest for at least, like the, one of my first teachers talked about that you should rest for five minutes for every half hour of practice. So if you are having, so this is in a traditional movement style class, like Hatha, Vinyasa class where you're doing standing poses, a lot of movement. But the class that I teach, I kind of think of the whole class as an extended shavasana. So you walk in with the intention that you're going to rest the entire time, that the poses are that you're not using muscular action, you are relaxing into the poses. And for an extended period of time, it could be three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. So you're in that state of rest. And then I'm coming, so I'm sending Reiki and I'm creating like a Reiki container around the entire room so I don't have to necessarily go to each person and have my hands on them for them to receive the Reiki. But I do go around and try to touch each person, not necessarily touch, but be in their space like giving them focus Reiki and um so so I incorporate that in my own practice like I like I'm doing yin yoga giving myself Reiki or just having like a Reiki bubble around me I wake up in the morning I go to sleep at night giving myself self Reiki 
uh, if anything comes up, like when just agitated, I'm giving myself a tea and I compliment that with crystals. Like I, like my plate, my home has like hundreds and I don't know if hundreds is the right word, but I have many, many crystals because I'm like using the relationship with each of them in like, because if I'm going a particular emotional, like the one that I have the most is rose quartz, which is a soft pink crystal so when people ask me oh what crystal should I get I almost always say like start off with rose quartz because that is that it's soft pink it well the crystal itself isn't soft but because it's quartz but it's hard but the colors are soft pink I think of it as the light of the heart um the light of connection with others the light of connection with the divine if someone was going to go buy pink the pink quartz. Rose quartz. Rose quartz. Okay, rose quartz. What would they do with it when they got it home? They could do anything with that. You could just, like, if you get a little one, you can always have it in your pocket. So okay. in your, if you're a woman, you can put it in your bra or a man. You can put it in your, if you have a pocket at your chest or next to your heart center. So that's, like, could be the basic that you just have it in your if you are Reiki attuned um, or have some sort of energy practice, I would invite you to activate Reiki and sit with it in meditation. And um, you could put it over your heart and just lay down or any place in your body that you feel a blockage. So it would be great to meditate and journal on that. Yeah, yeah. You have an online plat- platform that you do your work with. How does that work? Like if people wanted to practice yoga with you or Reiki, can you talk about that a little bit, how that platform works? Yeah, yes. Actually, something that happened during the pandemic that um, that before 2020, I never thought I would do anything online. But we are forced to grow at times and periods that, because um, I really think that if you're not, if the universe has a plan for you, and if you are not listening to the cues, it will force you to do it. And I really think that's what a lot of 2020 was like for me. It was kind of like out of a sense of necessity. Not only was it offering it to my clients and my students, but as well as myself, because we were kind of forced to be isolated. But I realized it was this, this beauty of being that, because I have clients, like I have clients and students, not just in Chicago, where I live, but all over the country, all over the world. And um, I have offerings on YouTube. I post my classes on Eventbrite where people like like my classes, my meditation. I haven't, I was doing yoga classes online. I haven't done one recently. I've been doing them more in person in the Chicago area, mm-hmm. but I was, I found it very powerful. So it's really, if you know anything about Reiki, it's level two that you learn just where you connect to the distance symbol. And distance Reiki is, um, it is, my understanding of it is that time and space exist, but it's not as concrete as um, we have been led to believe it to be. Because we are connected physically, we're connected through our thoughts, we are connected to the collective conscious. So I know it's very woo-woo, 
concepts that I'm using and and combined with Holy Fire Reiki because I think there really is something to the frequency of Holy Fire Reiki that I have experienced myself that it, it's very powerful. I have people that are skeptical about my offerings in the sense of like, why would I do it distantly, like take it online when I could take it in person? And I find that how the energy I'm able to connect more intuitively when I'm not in the physical space of the person. I remember years ago that when I did things in person, I would feel the energy in my hands. I would feel the client receiving the energy, but I was, I never really got intuitive information. Maybe like I would get a little bit, but not majorly so. And once I started doing things online, it was like this whole world opened up for me in that I started seeing colors, I started seeing impressions, I started seeing images. They weren't always very clear to me what they mean. Sometimes I get impressions of like, okay, this is this emotion that I'm feeling. But sometimes I would sense things that during Reiki sessions that really didn't mean anything to me. And then I would mention it to the client and it would be some sort of meaning for them that, because I don't think I was meant to understand it, but that information comes clearer for me. And I found that people walk into Reiki classes skeptical that they're really going to get very much from an online platform and they walk out because it's like, I think the online platform um, encourages them to really understand how distance Reiki works and that they can apply it to anything and everything in their lives. Um, I do, but I do meditations online. I do Reiki circles online where people, Reiki practitioners come together and they practice Reiki and on each other. And I teach, I teach uh, Reiki classes. Those all sound very interesting. What is your website? Uh, it's jerrymacudas.com. My first name and last name.com. Okay. And I will have that in the show notes. And that's where you can find your platform, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So living in a bustling city like Chicago that's very busy, how do you maintain a connection with nature and seek out the magic in your daily life? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I have lived in Chicago since 1999. So this is basically my entire adult life. And I go in waves with my love affair with the city that like there's like there are times where I just I just love it. I I just absolutely love it. And other times I'm very overwhelmed by it. Chicago is a very loud city. Like I when I go to other cities, I haven't been to New York, but um, but when I go to other larger cities, it just. Chicago just feels louder. Like, it you feel like the people talk louder? You go into restaurants, the background noise is louder. So that can be very draining at times. But I took Animal Reiki and ICRT Animal Reiki about a year and a half ago. And one of the teachers, Colleen Bernali, um, she lives in Oregon on a, like a farm, a big landscape, like very country, very rural, what you would think of, oh, that's what spiritual people should be doing. It's like sitting in out in nature. And but I just remember she saw something that really stuck with me, really, really stuck with me, was that humans are part of the divine animal kingdom. So 
we we think we're separate from nature. And so where other humans are congregating in cities, that is nature. And I think it was just, I would I really appreciated her saying that because it just really, and all of a sudden I think was a combination of the animal Reiki energy, because I really don't think it's, it's animal Reiki. It, 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 I really think at the heart of it is, is nature Reiki that is connecting, just seeing the divinity and everything. And I just remember after taking that class, I just started, I think I was seeing it, I was seeing it in t- bits and pieces previously. But after that class, it was all of a sudden, it was just, I was just in love with the city. Like it was just that because humans are, because each of the animal um, species has different um, overarching purposes. So we have cats that like to sleep. So they teach us how to rest and to sleep and take things slower. I have two cats. So like they like, sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm about to get up to do this. And then they sit in my lap and I'm like, I can't get up now. And (laughs) And dogs are dogs are very service oriented. That they want to make us happy. They they want to serve, and the function of humans is that we create. So we whatever we think we're creating. So if you're thinking destructive thoughts, that's what you're going to create. Whether it's through your words, through your actions, through your thoughts, the things that you materialize. And if you're creating from a place of love, that's what you're going to create. So back to your question about how do I find the magic? And also, um, I think Chicago is a very nature-centered city in itself in so many ways. I I live about uh, three blocks from Lake Michigan, which is one of the larger lake, one of the largest lakes in the world. Um, I have friends that um, haven't been here, like the online friends, and they're just like, explain the Great Lake to me. It's not an ocean, but it looks like an ocean, and it acts like an ocean, but then it also acts like a lake. And that really, but it was just, there's, a, there's I really think there's a beauty to the Great Lakes. Like, I may not have pride about like sport teams, but I have a lot of, I don't know if pride is the right word, but I have a lot of affinity for being from the Great Lakes because I grew up in Indiana right by on the southern tip of Lake Michigan and now I'm on the western side of Lake Michigan and just seeing the animals that are in the city we have coyotes we have um, I mean we have pigeons here Um, there's a park nearby there's a lot of green spaces and um, because a park by me they're really into um butterfly habitats. So sometimes some years, not the last couple years, but but they we have a lot of monarchs. Like sometimes some years we'll have like thousands and that it almost feels like a Disney movie. And <laughs> with all the monarchs just like flying around before they fly down to Mexico in September. But um I think it's just looking because I really because one of the things I remember I had a, a session recently um that I was sharing with the client was yes that you want to go to where um, nature is, like where the beauty is, but it's always there. Like yes, go and find it. Like go go and travel and find it, or move away and find it. But it 
is here around us. And um, the more that you look for it, the more it's going to show up in various ways. You know, Jerry, I love that you just said that, that the beauty is all around us. You know, sometimes it's just being aware of, of the beauty that's right in front of our faces and talking about the cat and resting and, you know, slowing down. <laughs> so we're getting to the end. So I have a question that I just love to ask everyone. And that is, what would you thank your 18-year-old self for? Uh, um, what I would want them to be aware of. Oh, gosh. Well, what would you thank your 18-year-old self for? Oh, what I would thank them for. I'm sorry I didn't hear that part. Oh, gosh. I would thank them for being curious and being kind. I just remember I was very innocent when I was 18. Very, um, like, innocent, but also, like, excited about the openness of life. And because I mean, my was started, that was the year I started college and moving away from small town Indiana to a, a very tiny city. I went to West Lafayette, um, Purdue. So it was like a small city, but it was like a bigger city than what I grew up in. And it was just like the excitement of potential. I think I saw magic a lot back then too, in different ways. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, You've talked about your website. Can you let us know what your social media is and how people can follow you and work with you? Yeah, yeah. I have a YouTube channel. Um, it, if you look up, um, I have my meditation. I have um, self-reiki treatments on there, like guided. I have a little bit of talk, like talking about different topics. So I'm on YouTube. I have Instagram. Instagram is more of my pictures of nature within the city. And like, like sometimes I go see sunrise at the lake. So that's Jerry, at Jerry Lynn, but the E is a three. All right. And I will have all that in the show notes. Do you have any last parting words that you would like to share with our listeners? Uh, I can't really think of anything right now. Just, just be magical. Just by, like you're magical. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a guest. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am your host, Cindy McMillan, and my website is CynthiaMacMillan.com. Your support means the world to me, and I'm thrilled to have you as part of our podcast community. If you enjoyed what you heard, I'd be incredibly grateful if you could take a minute to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Whether you're a loyal Apple podcast listener, a Spotify enthusiast, or use any other platform, your reviews make a huge difference. Not only do your reviews motivate me to keep creating great content, but they also help others discover the show and become part of our community. So please share your thoughts and feedback. I can't wait to hear from you. And as always, stay tuned for more exciting episodes. Until next time, take care and keep spreading those positive vibes.